His name was John. He was a dedicated disciple of Jesus. The Bible actually labels him as the disciple whom Jesus loved. There's a reason why he's noted to be the disciple that Jesus loved. Um, I guess there is such a thing as having favorites. I mean, if you think about that verse, you know what it's saying is that John, the disciple of Jesus, was the center of Jesus' affections. What a beautiful position to have with God. And it was also John who recorded the words of Jesus when he wrote in his gospel, in this world, you will have trouble. But take heart, for I have overcome the world. Can we settle something? Can we make something straight right now? Is uh, Just because you start coming to church, it doesn't mean your troubles are going to go away. As a matter of fact, if you make a true commitment to actually follow Jesus, your troubles will get worse. But John, the disciple whom Jesus loved, who was the affection of Jesus's, the center of Jesus's affection, he writes, after following Jesus for so many years, he writes in his gospel, he says, in this world, you will have trouble. This is, the, this is what Jesus told John, and John is rewriting it to us, and he says, but Jesus said, but take heart, because I have overcome the world. <laughs> that's right, that's a, reason to, to, uh, that's a reason to clap right there. Because it tells us, it tells us the, the last chapter in the beginning of the book of life that, hey, we are overcomers, okay? You know, some of us are really happy because we're only one week into this new year. We're off to a good start. Uh, but then other people, God, it's been the worst week for them for a brand new year. I understand that. I know that. But let me just quote what Jesus would tell you. Take heart because he's overcome the world. And as he, if he's overcome the world, you're going to get through 2023. I'm, I'm proclaiming 2023 is going to be the best year of my entire life. Uh, I, I should say next to 1993 when I married my wife. I, I want to eat when I get home. So, uh. But John... Uh, along with the other disciples, would see that uh, Jesus was 100% correct. When Jesus said, you know, you're going to have a lot of trouble, but, but, you know, I've overcome the world. John would say Jesus was correct about that, about in this world, you will have trouble. And I know that because years later, after Jesus died and resurrected and he ascended to heaven and after all the other disciples died, uh, John, by the way, was the last apostle living out of all the 12. And later on, John is an elderly person now. He's in prison at Rome. He's exiled to an island called Patmos. And it is there that he begins to write a book that is called the book of Revelation. And it's on that island where he writes, see, the book of Genesis is about the beginnings. The book of Revelation is about the completion. And he writes, and I'm going to take two verses out of this entire book to launch 
the next 15 minutes I have here. Revelation chapter 1 verse 12. It says, John says, I turned around to see the voice that was speaking to me. And when I turned, I saw seven lampstands. And among the lampstands was someone like a son of man dressed in a robe, reaching down to his feet and with a golden sash around his chest. The hair on his head was white like wool, as white as snow, and his eyes were like blazing fire. I titled this message, Eyes Like Blazing Fire. That's what I titled this message, Eyes Like Blazing Fire. You got to maybe try to imagine, as a matter of fact, I kind of forwarded in maybe I should have given a little bit more background is John is exiled on this island. Exiled means to be kicked out of your own country and to be taken by uh, a government and they be, you become basically a slave on a prison. You're exiled out of your own native land. And John had been there. He had been sent there to die in prison. That was his sentence. 99, 90 years old he was. 90 years old, still serving God. All of the other disciples have died. He has no more friends that were eyewitnesses with him on the walk with Jesus, the followership with him in Jesus. He's all alone in a prison, no voice, no say-so. I don't know if you can picture that, if you can imagine that. But if you're in a prison with no voice, no say-so, your life has been taken away from you, all your friends are gone, nobody writes you, nobody visits you, you belong to a government that is enslaving you to actually build things around the prison at your 90 years old. I think that you would probably feel very lonely in life. And just when you thought it was all over, this is some of you today. After this, you're going to buy a t-shirt that says, hi, my name is John. Lonely, an ugly position to be at in life. Just when you thought it was all over. Nobody wants you. Nobody needs you. Nobody cares about you. Nobody thinks about you. Then all of a sudden, when John thought it was his last, his last days were over, he gets a visit from Jesus. He gets a personal visit from Jesus. And the Bible says that John was so shocked that he saw Jesus. You have to understand something. He saw Jesus in the early days of Jesus' ministry. He saw Jesus after they had killed Jesus. He saw Jesus when Jesus resurrected from the dead. And then he sees Jesus when he ascended into heaven from the Mount of Olives. And now he sees Jesus again. Not everybody had this visitation from Jesus. John was the only person ever to have this many visits from Jesus. The Bible says John was so shocked that when he seen this, the Bible says he fell to his knees as though he was dead. Come on. Some of you guys are looking at me like, oh, wow. <laughs> 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 
dudes, did you just listen to this experience that this man John had? He fell to his knees as though he was dead. And when John wrote this book called Revelation, let alone when he experienced this divine visit from Jesus himself, John and many others at that time were enduring abuse at the hands of authorities. When someone gets around Jesus, they become more like Jesus. And I say that because John and so many others also were going to need eyes like blazing fire for what they would actually encounter, what they would inherit, what they would, the price they would pay for following Jesus. If you were going to be part of Jesus's inner circle, you were going to need to have eyes like blazing fire. As a matter of fact, first, let me say this. A lot of people don't want to serve God at certain degrees because they're afraid of the new degrees of attacks. But when you start, when you, when you start being obedient to allow God to use you, and I'm saying all this because yesterday we had an amazing time with about 70 volunteers of this church that are willing, have been willing. Okay, nine of you are really clapping for, come on, clap for these 70 people who actually are making this church grow. But that group of people, myself included, needs to have eyes like blazing fire. As a matter of fact, when John wrote this letter to the seven churches, he begins in chapter one telling them this. In chapter 1, verse 9, he says, I, John, who also am your brother and companion in tribulation and in the kingdom and patience of Jesus Christ, was in the isle, the island that is called Patmos, for the word of God and for the testimony of Jesus Christ. Okay, for, first of all, I, I need to point out something. He acknowledges to the churches that he's writing to. He acknowledges to them that, hey, we are brothers in this thing called tribulation. He says, we are companions in this tribulation. You and I don't know what tribulation is in comparison to the tribulation that the disciples experience. He, and, and, and John says, listen, I don't profess to have it all together. I don't profess to say I'm better than any of you other churches. John says, we have one thing in common. We're companions in tribulation. If there's anything that we are going to relate with one another, we're not going to relate each other's talent with one another. We are not going to try to compare each other's knowledge with one another. All of that can go down the drain when we truly acknowledge we all have one thing in common and it's tribulation. John says we are companions in tribulation and then he tells them, he goes, guys, I'm also doing life in prison at, a, at that island called Patmos. And everybody knew about that island Patmos. He says, and let me tell you why I'm doing life. This is in his letter. He, he didn't write because I robbed a bank. 
He didn't say I'm doing life because I committed murder. He didn't say I'm doing life uh, because of a hustle. No, no, no. He says I ain't in here for G a GTA, a Grand Theft Auto. He says, I'm not even for a GDA, a Grand Donkey Auto. He says, I'm not in here for any of that. He says, I'm doing life for testifying about Jesus Christ. That's what he said. Isn't that what it says? That's what it says. Can we bring it back there, Andrew? That's exactly what it says. He says, I'm in here. He didn't say on. He says in. I'm in here. And he, saw, he says what? For the word of God and for the testimony that I gave. John, the writer of this book called Revelation, the revelation of Jesus Christ. He was an aged man in the Roman province of Asia. See, all of the, actually, all these seven churches in the book of Revelation, Ephesus, at one time, all these seven churches, Smyrna, all these seven churches at one time were actually geographically part of Asia. And that's why you'll come across this word Asia a lot in the Bible because all these places were part of Asia at one time. Now, these, these, these places were being ruled by the, 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 the Romans. And this is so, so powerful. Did you hear my voice? It said, so, so powerful. <laughs> Because at one time, the Roman government, Rome, they're the ones who arrested Paul. They're the ones who put um, John in prison. They're the ones who were killing disciples at one time. Talking about in the early history, right after Jesus died. And do you know that years later, Rome <laughs> made Christianity the number one religion in the whole country? Always remember, do not grow weary in well-doing, for in due time you will reap a harvest if you faint not. You're pain right now, but you'll celebrate a year from today. Somebody clap your hands, say amen. So John, 19 years old, he's sent to Patmos to break up rocks. That's what his occupation was on this prison, because it was a penal colony for political prisoners. This was one of 30 that they had. However, Patmos would be known and have a reputation as being the most difficult and the worst of all of these penal prisons and at that time. And about halfway up the mountain, if you're going to Patmos, then you'll see this natural cave out of a rock or in a rock. And John was locked down in that cave and he wrote the book of Revelation from there. It's remarkable that visions could come to a man at a place of banishment. <laughs> oh, hallelujah. Yesterday we were talking about a new seniors ministry we're going to start that they're going to be called the elite and let me talk to the elite right now. You are never too old to do the work of the Lord. If this 90-year-old man can serve God from prison, if this 90-year-old man could still testify after he was being put in prison for testifying, do you want to call somebody elite? This man, John, at 90 years old, was an elite man of God. Amen. These people were hated. I know we get excited when we say, oh, I'm serving God, I'm serving God. We are serving God, but I, I don't, you know, I was praying the other day. 
And in my prayer, I was saying, this is what I told Jesus. And I was being real with him. I said, Jesus, thank you <laughs> for not allowing me to be born when you had your ministry. This was true. And I say, Jesus, you could call me a punk. This is, what I, this is my prayer with Jesus. You could call me a punk. I said, Jesus, because you know and I know. I am not built. I'm not built to be able to have followed you the way those disciples followed you. I said, thank you, Jesus. This is my prayer for letting me be born in Oxnard in 1970 and for the people who laid down their lives all these years later so we can serve God how we do in the Western part of this world. That's the honest truth. I'll be honest with you. I don't think I would have been that down physically. Call me a wimp or a chicken or whatever you want to call me. But there's a reason why you weren't born at that time either. <laughs> These guys were hated. Politically, they were hated. These disciples, they were hated politically, they were hated religiously, they were hated socially, and they were hated economically. They were hated from head to toe. They weren't welcomed. They had to hide having church. They had to have secret symbols to be able to let other people know they were Christians. The early followers of Jesus were going to need eyes like blazing fire we just began 2023 and i'm here today on behalf of god almighty to tell somebody you are going to need to look 2023 in the eye there is going to be a stare down between you and 2023 and your pretty blue eyes ain't going to do the trick this time you are going to need to trade your pretty blue eyes in for a pair of eyes like blazing fire you're going to need more than talent this year you're going to need more than experience this year you're going to need more than history this year you're going to need to pray down fire in your eyes fire in your heart fire in your hands fire in your tongue fire in your work you're going to need to have fire inside you're going to need to have eyes like blazing fire because i'm here to tell somebody today the devil's not going to show up like a little tiny little person he's going to walk into your life this year he's going to stand up and the devil knows a little something about fire and what he's trying to do he's going to use that hellish fire on some of your lives you better bounce back you better stare back and look him eye to eye and say not this year devil look into my eyes it's not only a lamp but there's fire burning in these pupils you will not come out. oh my god because it was james that was killed with a sword he was led to a place of execution with his executioner observing it all. And when, he, when the executioner saw the courage of James, he cried out for a pardon from James to the authorities. And that was denied by the authorities. 
And the executioner affirmed his faith with Jesus Christ and was beheaded along with James. These are witnesses. It was Philip who was scourged and thrown into a prison and crucified. James, the brother of Jesus, at age 94, was stoned and beaten by the Jews and then beheaded. Then his head was crushed with a club. It was Andrew who was crucified. It was Mark that was dragged by a bull until his body literally fell into pieces in the streets of Alexandria, Egypt. It was Peter who was crucified upside down with his wife beside him. It was Paul who was beheaded. It was Bartholomew that was beaten, then crucified. It was Thomas thrust through with a spear by pagan priests in India. It was Luke who was hanged from the branches of olive tree. And it was Stephen who was stoned to his death. And then John, finally, number 12, John, the only apostle to die of natural causes. That was the first century church, ladies and gentlemen. Oh, how fun church is today. That's what it cost to be a Christian in the first century. He had been involved. John was involved in the blazing birth of the church. That's why he was able to have a blazing fire in his eye. But now, 50, 60 years later, after John's birth, he realizes that there are churches that are defecting. Not talking about this generation. Almost 100 years after all these guys paid the price for churches to be able to come alive and be birthed, John gets this revelation from God and he sends these churches a warning because these churches started defecting. Churches that were at the place of leadership at one time. Churches that were a role model in their cities at one time. Churches that died the way these men died so the church can stay alive. That was a first century church. And this is why John, the writer of the book of Revelation, was able to write on behalf of Jesus in Revelation chapter 2, verse 10. He says, be faithful even to the point of death and I will give you life as your victor's crown. My gosh, I'm coming, I'm closing now. Be faithful. Not faithful every Sunday morning. Be faithful not to kids' land ministry. Be faithful. No, he says, be faithful even unto the point of death. Okay, we live in America. We have something, we have rights here. There's something that is called freedom of speech, freedom of religion. We got that here. So unless the devil really takes on more power in this country and things begin to change here for us Christians, unless that happens, then more than likely we will never ever have to 
die for Jesus. I'm talking about a martyr's death. But until then, then our second option would be to die to ourselves for the sake of following Jesus. Be faithful. Be faithful. Bring it back up. Be faithful unto the point of death. Where is it at, uh, media? Be faithful even to the point of death. Even to the point of death. I'm going to say it one more time. Even to the point of death. the last living disciple of them all. How much does God love you? How much did God love these churches? Enough to come back again. My, you talk about the grace of God. In the beginning, man was corrupt. And the Bible says that God was grieved that he even made man on the earth. That's why he sent the flood. Because we messed up. Humans messed up. And then, then God says, they're still messed up. So God sends his son to come and redeem us. And then Jesus died, he resurrected, and the churches are still messed up. So Jesus comes back again and says, give the warning to these churches. You talk about the grace of God. Don't ever say God didn't give you a second chance. None of us can say that. No. You know what? We're seven days into 2023. God has given you another chance. This is your year to walk into it with eyes full of blazing fire. Walk into this year with eyes like blazing fire. Not droopy eyes. Not loaded eyes. Not a dead eye. But eyes like blazing fire stand up to your feet and call on God we're gonna have eyes of blazing fire this year come on put your hands together if you're still walking in 2023 with some substance